Hello and welcome to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast. This episode features highlights from a conversation with Zach Exley, political organizer and author, and a Spring 2017 Joan Shorenstein Fellow. He spoke about his new research paper, which you can read in full at shorensteincenter.org, exploring political channels on YouTube, which are currently dominated by the right-wing or so-called alt-right. These channels receive millions of views, espousing recycled white nationalist ideologies with a modern twist. Zach's paper examines the content of one of these channels, Black Pigeon Speaks, digging into its worldview and examining its popularity. We begin with Zach explaining more about the paper and why he chose to research the alt-right during his time at the Schorenstein Center. Um, Yeah, well, I came and I think as often happens, I came with a grandiose idea about what I was going to research and then uh, whittled it down and then whittled it down some more. What I wound up picking was I said, okay, I'm going to write a um, profile of somebody, you know, from the so-called alt-right who is explaining what's going on in America to a certain audience. And and, uh, the person I picked has, um, you know, uh, millions, you know, something like 18 million views. That was uh, that was as of a few weeks ago. So it's probably 20 or 22 million views now. <clears throat> um, his audience is really picking up. And um, and he's one of probably hundreds of, you know, alt-right um, speakers uh, that, uh, you know, who have millions of people watching their YouTube videos. And that's just YouTube, you know, and there's lots of others in other spaces and other channels. Um, But uh, so the reason I wanted to and and what I'm doing is I'm kind of um, looking, you know, looking at all of his videos, you know, I got a whole bunch of them transcribed and picked through the texts and I'm kind of writing a summary of what he talked about, what he talks about and and trying to start trying to pull out his worldview. What is he actually what is the world that he's explaining to his audience? And uh, and the reason I think this is important is because, you know, here at Harvard at, you know, it's like three or four forums a week where people are trying to figure out what happened. And this one thing never comes up. And that is that people's wages uh, have fallen from where they were 40 years ago. If you look at the bottom 80 percent of income earners, uh, people's wages and standards of living you know, you know, depending on how, you know, according to a lot of different ways of measuring it, have really fallen, right? And people are having a real hard time, and people are worried about what kind of life their kids are going to have. You know, when people, people, uh, most, um, you know, people in their 30s and 40s are making less uh, than what their parents made if you adjust for income. And so, and they're worried about where where their kids are going to be, right? And and they're worried about where this country is going to be. And Trump um, had a message where he's he 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 said, "Your means of making a living have been dismantled uh, by these politicians, by my opponent, by the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and by Wall Street." They and he said this over and over and over again in those stadiums where he gave those big. T- uh, speeches sometimes three times a day, especially in the Rust Belt in that last month, and he said he delivered this speech where he said, um, "They have dismantled your means of making a living." And and around here, um, people, I the reaction I get when I tell this story is 
is often people say, what What do you mean by means of making a living? Or what did Trump mean, right? But people in Michigan and Pennsylvania knew exactly what he was talking about because they used to go into factories where they used tools and machines and equipment to make steel or automobiles, right? Or whatever. And they earned a living because they were making valuable things. And then those plants got shut down and they no longer had a place to go to make a living, right? So they saw their means of making be dismantled. So there are the, there's this whole movement in America, which is contributing to the to the rise of uh, the Republican Party, you know, which uh, and, and definitely contributed to uh, Trump's election, right? And and all these things, the rise of the Republicans, you know, the takeover of basically the entire country by the Republicans and Trump, all, this all wasn't supposed to happen according to progressives and liberals and Democrats, right? There were these demographic shifts and, um, you know, young people were getting older and they're just progressive and more progressive. There are young, you know, there are more and more young people, you know, less and less of those old, you know, uh, conservative people. And, uh, you know, there are fewer Christians, you know, and um, so everything was looking great for for the rise of progressive politicians and Democrats. But for some reason, the Republicans kept winning. And so I wanted to show that, you know, that these uh, that this right wing movement that people are sort of vaguely aware of is not just screaming about immigrants. They are. They're not just screaming about you know, ISIS and, you know, xenophobia towards Muslims and Muslim immigrants and refugees, they're, they're also doing that. But even when they talk about immigration and, um, and Muslim immigration and what's going on in the Middle East, it's always in the context of how are we as a country going to make a living and how are we going to get, how, how are we going to take care of ourselves? And, and they're, expl- you know, and I wanted to show that, that some of them, uh, a lot of them, are really actually pretty complex, and they have big, coherent worldviews. If you know, you have to. Uh, they're coherent based on certain fundamental assumptions, and which I disagree with most of them. But one, but you know, uh, on top of those assumptions, they're they're coherent worldviews and coherent explanations. And so I wanted to show that. And I at first I was like, okay, I'm going to do a big study of this whole alt right movement and all of these YouTubers. Um, but then, you know, since I'm not really an academic, um, <clears throat> you know, boil it down to uh, this one voice and really uh, kind of paint a big full portrait of um, what this guy is talking about. Zach's paper focuses on an alt-right YouTube channel called Black Pigeon Speaks. He explained why he chose to focus on this particular individual and why extreme right-wing views are finding a receptive audience online. You know, there's like hundreds that I could have picked from, but um, he's, uh, I don't know, he's just, he's very interesting. He's from Canada. He's based in Japan. You know, he's got a job in Tokyo and um, he's, you know, he's anonymous. Nobody, nobody knows exactly who he is, like a lot of these folks. And um, he is uh, very smart, has a lot of information, you know, in his brain about history and um, uh, social theory and all kinds of stuff. You know, like a lot of, um, you know, right wing intellectual types, you know, he started out as uh, kind of a progressive, you know, lefty, wasn't super political. Uh, This is all just according to, you know, his, uh, you know, interviews with him. Uh, with you know that other people have done and and so i I think there's a, just a lot of interesting things there you know that um 
I, I think sort of, you know sort of picking him kind of hits on a few different uh, features of this you know alt right movement, which is really a huge collection of lots of different movements. Some people argue we shouldn't you know nobody should use the uh, title alt right. You should just call them white nationalists or white supremacists. But the the thing is, there are actually lots of different movements. Some of them are white supremacists. Some of them are you know, some kind of European nationalist. There's lots of different movements. But, the you know, the alt-right uh, title, you know, for, you know, right now is sort of all we've got as a way of um, describing this huge collection of movements that are starting to kind of converge and talk to each other and hang out in the same places on the internet. Um, but, you know, like there, it kind of comes out of this, it's this internet culture where, these alt-right folks were hanging around in internet forums, arguing about facts and ideas and looking stuff up on Wikipedia and, you know, having these big idea battles in the threads, uh, in discussion threads on um, Reddit and and uh, other places in this horror sort of like dispassionate robotic voice that this guy uses and that, and that hundreds of these other YouTubers use. They, um, you know, um, he's offering a big complete explanation of everything that is wrong with in your life as a young or middle-aged man in North America or Europe or Australia. And uh, he explains it all. And and if you wanted to buy into it, you could watch all of his videos and feel perfectly confident that you understood exactly what's going on. So people kind of they don't want to hear about, you know, liberals and progressives and mainstream people. They don't want to hear about any of this. They just sort of want to condemn uh, people like this guy and all these alt-right people as, you know, uh, racists and misogynists which which they are but instead what we really need to do is go out and organize and 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 um and start building up an alternative explanation you know set of explanations for what's going on in the world because the to go back to what we were talking about in the beginning um you know Hillary Clinton for sure did not explain what's going on and with people's means of ma- losing their means of making a living um, she didn't explain it. She didn't offer any explanations and she didn't really say she was going to do anything about it um, either. And um, and so, you know, the implication was, look, tough guys, you know, you just have to roll with the punches in the world economy. And um, and so we really need to 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 be developing, um, you know, a, a worldview that has something to say to the American people. The whole world is wondering, you know, the whole world sees that that the that the world economic system is really shaky. It's not producing the results that people have grown up expecting. And they're really, really upset about it. And there's just a huge vacuum, you know, in terms of being able to um, uh, answer their fears, um, except on the right with these uh, folks. So. Despite the publicity generated by the alt-right, Zach points out that most political movements in the US have very few truly dedicated followers. This tiny minority of, of, of people in America are really committed to any ideology. Something like 4% of the people in America voted for Bernie in the primaries. And, and like a little bit more than 4% voted for Hillary. And then a little bit more than 4% voted for Trump. Right. So and those are the, not all those people like strongly believed in like Bernie's ideas or Trump's ideas or Hillary's ideas, whatever they were. 
but you but you can guess that a lot less, like some number that is less than four percent, were like really fired up about Bernie's uh, ideas, right? So you know the vast majority of Americans are just trying to go about their lives, and what they're putting a lot of thought into figuring out is how to do their jobs, how to raise their kids, how to deal with their neighbors, how to, you know, uh, help their local school functioning or their church. And that's what they're putting all their thought into, right? And so it's not uh, getting down on anybody to say that that most Americans are not putting tons of thought into things like economic policy or immigration policy. But when you just do opinion surveys of Americans – you know, and when you force them to think about stuff for a minute, they turn out to be really awesome people. Like uh, there was a Pew study and um, 70% of Americans uh, – there was a little more than 70% of Americans believe that uh, undocumented immigrants are just as hardworking and honest and honorable as uh, American citizens. And only 25% of, of Americans are worried about uh, immigrants taking Americans' jobs. So America is not an, an anti-immigrant country. And yet Trump won by mobilizing this um, minority of people to get really energized and fired up. And, 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 and anti-immigrant stuff was uh, – and, and hate speech in, in a lot of cases with him – um, was was what he used was part of what he used to do that. He also got people got another tiny sliver of America whipped up about his vision of fixing the economy, and he got another tiny sliver whipped up about around Muslim stuff and fears of of Islam. And he, by mobilizing that energy, he was able to get somewhere. He was able to win the nomination, and maybe by mobilize maybe mobilizing all that energy was part of what helped him win the election too, right? At least in those few states that gave him the that gave him the victory. Finally, we asked Zach what he hopes readers will take away from his paper. Well, I hope that people come away kind of really understanding that these voices on the right and in the alt right, uh, you know that 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 helped lead to Trump getting elected. Um, I hope that they uh, can see that it's not. People just screaming, you know, hateful messages, um, inciting people to hatred and violence in some kind of simplistic, you know, crazy way, right? Because I think that's people's impression, right? People's impression is, you know, maybe they're maybe when they're going down the dial and they hear some talk radio guy yelling, and they're just like, man, they're these people, they're just yelling and uh, just being angry. You know, but um, but actually, I want people to see that actually the reason why the right is winning is that they are explaining the world to people and they're explaining the loss of our means of making a living to people. You know, and they're explaining, you know, some um, dramatic developments in the world that may not actually be impacting people personally, but they're still worrisome for people, especially the way they're being portrayed on the news, right? Like uh, the like the wars in the Middle East and like terrorism. Um, and, you know, people want to know, like when, when bombs are randomly going off and that's the main story every night on the news, people want to know why is this happening and how is it possibly going to affect me? And the right has a story about that. So I want them to see that that part of the reason for the rise of the right is that the right is answering the big questions for people and and they are um, explaining what's going on in people's worlds and lives. And because right now, Democrats and progressives are just 
kind of, you know, throwing their hands up in the air and saying, oh, these stupid, gullible American people falling for this, you know, simplistic, blamey hate speech. Um, but it's there's it's so much deeper than that and there's so much more there. So that's what I'm hoping to show by digging into this one guy's story. You can read Zach Exley's full paper by visiting shorensteincenter.org and clicking on Research. Thanks for listening to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast. Music provided by extrememusic.com.